0: Welcome to Music Ally Focus with me, Music Ally's editor Joe Sparrow, and Music Ally's head of insight, our very own Stuart Dredge, the man that knows the biz. Hi, Stu.
1: Oh God, don't ever bring like up that. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going for show People are <laughs> like switching off thinking who's this fucker. <laughs> 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 I love the fact that since we last podcast, we've both got new job titles, haven't we? Congratulations on becoming the editor of Music Ally.
0: Thank you, and congratulations on becoming Head of Insight. Um, uh, Let's not not dwell too long on our personal successes uh, slash triumphs. So, uh, but thank you. Uh, So, Stu, now normally we aim to uh, go very briefly uh, through a major topic. For example, normally I would compare the length of the podcast to something that takes around 15 minutes, like the time it would take Mohammed Rashid of Pakistan to crush 750 watermelons with his head. But this, he did 49 in one minute in 2018. But this one might take a little bit longer because we're sort of looping back around to something we've discussed at length here on the podcast and in various uh, reports and uh, written stuff on Music Ally. And it's the UK's Parliamentary Streaming Inquiry which has finally published its report. And, well, there's, it's, the report itself is about 120, 130 pages mm. long. There's a lot in there. Yeah. It pulls together an enormous amount of evidence ideas concepts and uh, all the stuff we've discussed previously i think so yes
1: and i think we're gonna we're gonna be talking for about we're gonna be talking for a long enough time now that would make even joe rogan say that's a bit long for a podcast that's how I, <laughs> that's how much time we need
0: oh, I, but yeah so yeah get the marijuana infused cigars immediately um <laughs> What, yeah. So I mean, but there's a lot of big stuff in here, isn't there? But with a lot of very meaningful things in there that might actually cause a few uh, parts of the music industry in the UK uh, to chew their fingernails a bit. What are the most meaningful sort of uh, three or four parts of it that they're recommending as, for the government to look into?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I guess for foreign, for overseas readers, this is a parliamentary committee, so it's a committee of politicians producing a report on a topic that they're then making recommendations to the government, saying this is how what you should do about this thing. So it's very much, it's not, it's not a law yet, it's not legislation, it's kind of recommendations for laws that they hope will be taken forward. And yeah, we've been covering the hearings. And yeah, it's basically the economics of music streaming. It's been driven by the Broken Record campaign and discussion around how royalties are make their way from streaming services to rights holders and then on to musicians. Um, yeah, and yeah, the, the top line is they've called for a complete reset of streaming, which thankfully doesn't mean going back to iTunes you know, 12, yeah. 15, 14 years ago. Um, But yeah, they have a bunch of recommendations. Um, Some of them are more surprising, other ones we saw coming a mile off. So one of the big ones is they want to introduce equitable remuneration, ER, to streaming. And what it kind of says is the British government should explore ways to do this. And it sets out a few possible options, one of which is kind of separating out active and passive streams. So if if you choose to listen to something the royalties would just be normal, but if it's served to you by a playlist or recommendation algorithm, then maybe ER would be applied, which means that from those royalties, the artist gets 50% and the label gets 50% on the recorded side.
0: Right, so, that, so and that's really thing. briefly put, that's a sort of way of just uh, forcing um, the division of the royalties at a legal level with existing laws that apply to certain sorts of streams. And that one, like we, we've talked about that a lot, and it's been one that you've said is, looks very uh, viable all the way along. And they've, they've gone with it, no huge surprises, but it's actually interesting that, um, you know, it, it could happen because, as it as it points out, the, the legislation already exists and it would just need applying in a different way to a different area.
1: Yeah, and the report talks about because the labels have been very much, this shouldn't happen, it's a bad idea, it harms our negotiating capacity, harms our ability to invest, and the artist campaigners have been saying this would be great, it would be not the solution, but it would be meaningful revenue. And the committee has come down on the side of the artist campaigners and kind of said yeah it's just something something applies to radio already and we think it can work and so talk to some people I get the impression that labels did see this coming and maybe were kind of almost resigned to it happening in some form and then the the thing now is in any legislation it's it's about how do you define a passive stream and an active stream we've already seen labels arguing well if a recommendation algorithm is serving tracks me based on what I've chosen in the past that's still kind of active so there's a lot of gray areas around how we define this and there's a lot of arguments ahead but the second big thing which is maybe even, even maybe more worrying for labels because I think ER may be resigned to, is that the, there's several times where the, the committee that's written the report wants to get the competition watchdog, the CMA, involved in exploring the major labels' dominance of the market. So what it's calling for is a proper anti-competition inquiry, a competition inquiry into how the music industry works. And this is not about streaming as such, it's about the labels and the publishers and the rights holders and their relationships with artists. And that is something that has the potential, well, if you welcome it, it has the potential to air lots of dirty laundry that needs airing and it's going to be a really positive thing. If you're not so keen on it, it has the potential to air lots of dirty laundry that you very much not want to see aired in public. So that's quite a big deal, I think. But again, there's like these steps involved in the process where this committee is recommending that the government refer to the competition watchdog this subject and then saying, and it should encourage, it should urge the competition watchdog to explore issues A, B and C. So there's a lot of points in that process where the government could say, no, we're not going to, or the competition yeah. watchdog could say, no, we're not going to be told what to investigate and so on. So, you know, it's 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 it could be a really big deal, but there were a few steps between now and then for a, such an inquiry to actually happen, let alone define what it's going to investigate.
0: I think the Competition and Markets Authority is a very powerful body that has... Um, the ability to put all sorts of um, regulations and changes in place and it's sort of it is a scary thing but like you say th- there's a lot of political machinery going on in the background there as well uh, in in so much as the government might not want to set loose one of its major attack hounds on something which first of all is a huge business for the UK and secondly uh, makes the UK look very good at a time when perhaps the UK needs it a little bit. But,
1: <laughs> it's also um, interesting that there are some things that the government can't really do, and I think this is one of those things. So, for example, the division of between songs and recordings is one of the things that came up re- regularly in the inquiry. You know, why do songs get less a big much smaller share than recordings? Why do labels get a much bigger yeah. share than publishers? And in, in reality, it's hard to see what the government can do about that. The government can't say, here's how you should structure your business in the music industry. But if it's a competition issue, if the publishing share is so small because the major labels... Uh, So that's where, where in a a way, this is quite interesting because it's handing off one of those issues that really the government probably can't get involved with in in terms of private business industry. But if it's a competition issue, the watchdog could. So we could see some interesting things. And and this is is specifically flagged as like the the report would like to see the CMA look at why do songs get so much smaller share and is that a competition issue and what should be done? So that's kind of a big... Hot potato in one. Well, hot potato in waiting. Top potato now. But you know, it's that's the kind of that's a that whole idea of what gets referred to competition regulation and whether they take it up is going to be a big deal, I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's a rapidly heating potato. Well, we'll dig into that in a, in a minute. And and what about uh, safe harbour then? That was something that was mentioned a few times in this report.
1: Yeah, and this is one area where actually labels will be. Um, the, the committee has come down firmly on the side of labels and firmly not on the side of YouTube. And this is this age old just the value gap. ...and use generated content platforms like YouTube... ...and whether they have an unfair advantage... ...over services like Spotify and Apple Music... ...because they can stick with the music... ...or people can upload the music... ...and YouTube doesn't have to... Um, ...it can take it down if the labels are to. ...so it's, it's a long-running... ...long... ...a big sore mm. with the industry... ...and yeah, the committee says... ...well, and again, it's more kind of... ...it's not handing off... ...it's making a recommendation... ...but it depends on whether it's taken up... ...but the committee says... ...yet, yeah, Safe Harbor gives services like YouTube... ...a competitive advantage over others... And it undermines the music industry's leverage because it can't can't negotiate licensing agreements when the platform can have all the music anyway. So it agrees with labels and it wants the CMA to look at this as well. And um, it wants them to kind of consider whether YouTube streaming services have strategic market status, which is a very specific thing that was introduced last year in the UK. Um, And it's for platforms that have big market power, so internet companies, and it's kind of saying mm-hmm. if they're defined as one of those, then they have more requirements to make sure there's competition. So again, it's turning this this music industry issue into a competition issue, and that would be interesting. And it also then looks at this whole idea of the European Copyright Directive, which we're not, we're not putting in place in the UK because we've Brexited. And as soon as we Brexited, mm-hmm. the government were like, we're not going to do that European Copyright Directive thing. And the committee would like to see the government produce something comparable where platforms like YouTube have responsibilities and have a similar licensing structure to... Audio services, but again, it's just saying this should happen.
0: White and blue copyright directive. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so it's a recommendation, Um, but we're going to see. Given like the two years of lobbying led up to you being, you know, we're going to have if the government does some equivalent of that, that's a long way ahead, and we're going to have a lot of lobbying. So, again, it's a recommendation, but there's a long road before anything happens.
0: So there's a lot, as as we said at the start, there's a lot in here. There's, um, we'll link to your full analysis of this um, report. Um, and you can you can sort of read it at your leisure with a, a, a few cups of coffee because there's a lot to take on board here. Um, and we'll discuss a few of the sort of sundry items in a bit, but let's go back to these these three uh, main things, which is equitable remuneration, um, the competition or recommended competition inquiry, and the safe harbor arrangements and what they mean for labels, DSPs, and artists. Because labels, DSPs, and artists, which were sort of the, the three main groups of people in the industry that were... Um, that gave evidence and were called to talk and vent their spleen and whatever at the inquiries. You know, we, we we can look at this and say, well, the labels must be not maybe quaking in their boots but thinking, Oh man, we've got a bit of extra work to do here, haven't we?
1: I think so. I mean I think again the labels did see this coming and the BPI saw this coming. I think during the inquiry we've got we got a sense of how the committee members and politicians were feeling based on their questions. We knew they were feeling good sort of more positive towards the are. So again it's it, it's not I don't think it's a surprise or a shock. But yeah, I think there's definitely a lot more in the report that is about how labels go about their businesses. And I think, again, if you zoom backwards to when this inquiry was first announced, I think a lot of people might have thought that it would be it would end up giving the streaming services a big kicking about how they didn't pay artists and how they're terrible. Yeah. Actually, they've got off pretty lightly. I mean, there's, there's some stuff in there about the transparency of their agreements and their NDAs with labels. But again, that's maybe more of a headache for the labels than the streaming services. But yeah, it's much more on labels, in particular major labels, I think. It's very much... Talking about their market dominance and questioning whether some of the reasons why streaming isn't working for artists are because of the structure of the industry and um, specifically the majors. So yeah, I think they've yeah. got a lot.
0: Of- why, why do you, why do you think they've zeroed in on the majors? Because I mean, yes, I mean because ultimately, I guess you, could, you know one argument could be that well, you know, if if we want more money to come out of stream, we put more money in, we get everyone to pay fifteen uh, pounds a month instead of ten pounds a month. So that that almost sort of is a, a sort of. Not doesn't solve itself, but the, the solution is kind of clearer there. But why do you think the Inquiry is focused on labels? Because, um, and the major labels are in the UK businesses that generate a lot of income and a lot of um, opportunities and goodwill and publicity, and they, are, they, sta- they stand for the UK in many ways, especially in the government size. They're very happy to uh, use the uh, artists on the major label to advertise Britain. So why have they zoomed in on the, lab- the majors, do you think?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, there's there's a few little bits in there that kind of talk about the major labels as these multinational corporations. Uh, and then they talk about independent British music companies. So There's a little bit of, like, the majors are global corporations and the British independent music industry is not being served by them. So that, that's kind of interesting. You can sort of see the committee's view coming through there. Um, but, yeah, I guess in, in one sense they've looked at the fact that Labels get a bigger share, the biggest share of streaming royalties. And so, in a sense, more money is flowing through them than through publishers, through streaming services. So, so that's where a lot of the focus went. So, yeah, and some of this is, I think, some change is already happening. So, for example, in between the hearings ending and this report coming out, Sony Music made its announcement about um, historically unrecouped things and starting to pay royalties yes. for us. And, and one of the thing reports is we'd like, so we'd like Universal and we'd like Warner to kind of consider doing something similar... And again, they can't force them to, but they can encourage them to. So there's no kind of backs, there's no kind of um, stick there really. It's more like a, we'd like you to do this. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 one of those things where the labels came into this inquiry with things they wanted to lobby for, and some of them have succeeded. Like on the value gap, they've convinced the committee that this that their their view is right and YouTube is wrong. But, yeah. it, but in terms of, I think, artists and royalties, I just I don't think they, they didn't succeed in getting across what they thought. They didn't succeed in convincing the committee of those things, like the value of the market, all the arguments they made. Uh, I, I'm not sure they, they quite answered the, the other concerns that the committee had, driven by the Broken Record campaign.
0: So in that sense... Yes, it's, the uh, artists were, were definitely more successful, weren't they, in, in convincing and mm-hmm. putting their story across that they were not satisfied with their earnings... And that they were able to sort of compartmentalize their grievances there, if you like, which is well, we're not getting paid enough in the first place from uh, DSPs, but actually, those of us with record contracts are getting it getting death by a thousand cuts anyway, according to their story. And yeah. and that was a very compelling story, wasn't it? And they've they've kind of um, they've kind of agreed with that in some. sense.
1: I think also it's it's, it's a de- well. At this, I think at this in this scenario, this committee report coming in saying everything is working fine it is a difficult i mean i don't want to i almost want to compare it to the brexit referendum and saying everything is fine mm-hmm. in europe and someone else saying everything is terrible and it's and and it's, it's it's there's a hard argument to say everything is fine as it is sometimes that. It's very work very well.
0: difficult to, to to uh prove the status quo is good isn't it
1: yeah so i think there was that instance but yeah i mean in, in another sense uh, I come back to this idea of this is the report has come down on the side I would say more of the campaigners, but when we heard from ministers during the inquiry, they seem to be more, um, more convinced by the arguments of the labels that things are working, and also convinced by things like the exports argument and that we need we need this money to invest in artists, invest in marketing abroad. So, I think this is very much the first the first stage in any process of change and the next stage the labels may feel more confident about their views coming across and being taken on board by government
0: so if you're finding this useful and you uh, desire more of Stu's in-depth news and trusted analysis waiting for you in your inbox every morning as well as access to all of music Ally's industry leading reports head on over to musically.com slash subscribe don't forget indie labels artist managers or publishers May be eligible for one of our sponsored complimentary subscriptions as well. So, so what about a couple of these sort of individual elements then? Equitable remuneration. Uh, we spoke to uh, Jeff Taylor, BPI boss, uh, in, a, in a quite a long-ranging interview, and he and he was very, very clear that um, equitable remuneration might sound like a panacea, might sound like a really good thing because the money gets divided differently, but actually it takes away their negotiating power, and that's been um, when they agree on the, that a lot more conversation into it, what what, what might they f- feel about that now?
1: Well, I think it's interesting because one thing that I hadn't thought about much before this inquiry, where I was thinking about the the, the, the idea that came in, that let's apply ER to streaming, let's make let's add ER to streaming, get a new thing. But what came across as well is also artists worry about they already have ER in the radio, the broadcast sector, like when songs are played on the radio, the royalties are split for recordings, to 50 between the label and the artist, and artists are worried about the fact that streaming is trying to take over from radio. So in it, actually, they may be losing those royalties from radio if it goes to streaming. And that was mm. interesting. I think that was that was a view that I think the committee took on board. And you see them talk about this idea of Spotify wanting to kind of supplant radio. So why don't we apply the radio model to the radio-like streams? And when it's put like that, I think it is a difficult argument to go back against. And I think the label's argument was yeah. like, well, it's it, like you say. It's difficult for our negotiating strategy if there's, this is a blanket license. So it makes us, it makes it harder for us to negotiate a good deal with the streaming services. The committee has pushed back and said, well, actually, there are some examples where we already have ER coexisting with exclusive rights, which are what the labels wanted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, CD and DVD library rentals, which means we all gonna have to run away and work out how CD and DVD library rentals. If we're not particularly okay with, with that <laughs> that niche, um, but yeah, I think the other thing that was talked about is this idea of. If ER, it means more money for artists and less money for labels, what does that mean for labels, budgets, to sign, invest in artists? And again, that was one of the points made by the labels, that we're concerned about this because we do spend this money on helping artists grow their audiences. Uh, the artist campaign groups didn't buy that argument. It seems like the committee haven't either, but I think we'll hear a lot more of that when this, when this goes to lobbying government. If labels are saying this is going to harm our ability to market artists and be yeah. a good export, so we're going to. So I think if if you're on the broken record side, you'll be thinking now about what's your argument against that, and um, what are the, what's the argument for if artists get a bigger slice of streaming movies in that sense? Has this made the industry healthier? And I'm, I'm sure there will be arguments on both sides for that.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, that the knock-on sort of effects of this is, as you say, you know, if if streaming is replacing radio for a certain group of uh, consumers, then artists are losing out with that split and it does then sort of reframe uh what streaming is in the uk if if that law came into effect because you'd say well actually there is a very strong difference between picking a song and playing it and having the platform play it for you a la radio in this comparison and i wonder if there's i mean this will remain to be seen um what the effect is really on labels because if then they're focusing on they're sort of forced to focus a bit more on artists that you want to go out and click play on. What does that mean? And it has a bit of an effect as well on streaming platforms, which may be perhaps uh, compelled to suggest artists of a different sort in a different way because they're being incentivized to do it differently it's, it's it's an interesting one isn't it what about um competition then because the, the uh the, comp- the competition of markets authority as we said is a they swing a big stick and you know people you know people on the other side of the fence have said for a very long time oh well you know it's a it's it's essentially a monopoly, a three in, a three industry monopoly of, with major labels, and they've got a lot of grievances there. Um, of course, the government isn't saying that this this uh, report, but it is saying, hey, we should have a quick look at the amount of power that they're wielding um, in this space because they have a large percentage of the market, and there's only three of them, and those three also own the three publishers. Mm.
1: It's all. I mean, it's this is I think the thing that, like I said, the, the biggest kind of well. Again, depending on view, it's either a long overdue examination of the power of these three big companies or it's a real danger, (laughs) depending on which side. But yeah, I think um, it it was interesting during the inquiry. One of the bits where the the chair of the inquiry got quite shirty was with Universal's Music UK's boss, David Joseph, when he asked him about the terms of a deal with Spotify. And he said, oh, this is confidential. (laughs) He got really cross with him. And that, that was one of the, the things that comes through in the report, this idea of these deals between these big companies, services, we don't really know if they're anti-competitive because we don't know about them. And that's where a competition inquiry really can dig into the details of those deals and, and get out. So it's going to be really interesting because there is still... And, and one of the things this the, the report, one of the other recommendations is that artists should have more rights to see the terms of the deals that cover their music being licensed so artists should be able to or their representatives should be able to look at those deals understand them so there's a lot around transparency around the inner workings of how these deals work that has not been public so yeah so if an inquiry if for the competition investigation went ahead if they got to the bottom of this it could be really really interesting and it could could change some things
0: yeah, um, I mean, there's a whole section in the report on transparency, which is which is fascinating in yeah. itself. That they're sort of saying, well, there are, this this is not the most transparent industry in the world, and that in itself sort of it sort of suggests that they they think there's a smell of not nothing nothing uh, perhaps illegal going on, but they're tra- they're trying to say, well, we, we really think that we really want to know how you how you do this. If if your negotiating power is so important, well, show us how important it is so that we mm. can all understand it. Because it, um, again, looking at the other side. People will have accused the majors of anti-competitive practices for a very long time, um, but have not been able to prove it, of course. Um, And it would be interesting to hear what um, what they can find out from that. Now, um, perhaps perhaps we can, while we're sort of in that area, talk about the DSPs and the effect of of some of these things. Um, They won't be too bothered, I guess, by uh, well, I mean. Well, would they be bothered by the implementation of something like equitable remuneration, or would they say, "Well, it's all the same to us. We we, we, money comes in, money goes out. We don't. If you tell us to put it this way, not this way, it doesn't matter." I
1: think so. On one level, I think they all kind of collectively shrugged and said, "Well, you know, we're we're open to any different ways of paying out if it's better for artists." You know, user centric is similar. You know, they're all none of them against it. They're all kind of, "Well, we could do that." Um, Although, I mean, the getting to the bottom of what's an active or a passive stream to craft any system that applies ER to the passive streams, I mean, that might open up some interesting boxes that the the streaming services haven't made public because that involves looking at things like how their algorithms work and how it's served and what's being served to who and why. So I think there are some... Putting some of these recommendations in place would involve getting into the innards and the workings of streaming services in a way that perhaps they might find uncomfortable. Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, it hasn't really... I mean, it doesn't really bring a hammer down on how much they're charging for their services doesn't kind of, when you see some of the, the rhetoric around people who hate Spotify from the artist community, that's not really, that's not so much in the report. It's not painting the streaming service mm. of the villains. It's very much focusing on what happens after they pay their money out. So that's, so I think they've they've not got off lightly, but I think they they have they have certainly not come out of this as the villains who who are responsible for streaming being bad. But
0: particularly considering it was the inquiry into streaming economics. I think we we assumed that they would be looking at the streaming services, um, perhaps primarily, and and that is interesting how that shifted and perhaps perhaps goes some way to sort of reflect how they did uh, speak at the inquiries where they seem to be um, a little bit more. Not transparent, but clear in how the system works, and saying, "Well, actually, you know, when the money goes out, that's kind of not our problem." And then, and then the, the MPs have sort of joined the, the, have sort of investigated the gap, haven't they, between the artists and where the money comes out of the pipe?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is one bit actually. That there is one bit uh, where um, the committee calls for the government to commission research into the impact of streaming services' algorithms on music consumption. Mm. Including where creators are foregoing royalty payments in exchange for algorithmic promotion, which is very much a direct reference to Spotify's discovery mode, which is kind of being criticised in the union. And so there are bits where, but again, it's like saying the government should commission research into the impact. You know, that's that's not the same as saying it should hit them with a competition inquiry or it should kind of stop them doing
0: recommendations.
1: Um, But there is so there is a bit in here about about yeah, like we need to know how this works and we need more information and some of that information is on the side of the... But yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's all there's all kinds of stuff on black boxes as well, for example, so Collecting Society reading that quite nervously because it wants to kind of, I think, end the practice of distributing black boxes with kind of the revenue that can't be attributed yeah. to, to songs, yeah. pro-artists. So they don't. So that's something where in the Collecting side of the Society Society, that's kind of a big festering <laughs> argument that could be brought out into the open by this. So yeah. all over the place, there's kind of... If it's a can of worms, it's like all the worms pipping out. And they're not, they're not all big worms, but they could be quite juicy worms.
0: Very, <laughs> without getting too twits about it. Very worm-based uh, analysis <laughs> uh, that you come to expect from Music Ally. Um, finally then, artists. You know, mm. um, in some ways this uh, whole inquiry was um, sort of gripped quite early on by the quite sort of um, canny... Uh, tactics of the artists to put their case across quite forcefully at the beginning and and rally the troops uh, repeatedly throughout it what might they be thinking when they read this I think
1: it's a I mean it's a I mean uh, to people who wrote this report you know they deserve they deserve credit because it's it's a very good beyond the recommendations a good distillation of what the issues are what different points of view are and Mm. I think for any artist thinking about these issues who maybe doesn't know all this stuff already it's a really good primary That's their primer. it's 125 pages of, of, of it but I think it's a very good summary of what the problems and the issues and the, the arguments are for any artist who is looking to to engage in debate um in terms of the artist campaigners I think they'll be pleased I mean I think broken record people like Tom Gray will be under no illusions that there's a lot of lobbying ahead in an environment ministers and government where where you know, they'll, they'll have to convince a whole new different set of people that they're talking right. But yeah, I think it's, in a sense, the Broken Record campaign drove a lot of the inquiry hearings and the questions that were being asked. And I think its views have been reflected in this report. So in that sense, it's, it's the campaign has done its job so far. And as this has been going on, we've seen letters come in from an increasingly starry bunch of artists supporting the idea yeah. of reform, supporting record of remuneration. So yeah, I think for the artist community... Um, or in terms of the, the activism from the artist community, it's yeah. a win, uh, and now now we see what becomes of it, and if it becomes legislation, and if it actually makes changes that will affect the checks they get from streaming. So that's right, again.
0: So it uh, certainly feels like I mean, like uh, again, we're stressing this. Many I mean, it feels like it feels sort of inevitable that some sort of change will come as a result of this. That, that, that there is so much momentum here. And something has shaken loose, and we're not going to be able to put it back. And so, one way of looking at this is that this this report it makes so many quite big and meaningful recommendations that okay, some of them are going to get lobbied into submission. Some of them are going to get watered down to the point where it doesn't they're not very meaningful. But surely one of these recommendations is going to sort of muscle its way through and sort of flop over the line and and, and, and make a change you know to to the way that streaming economics works in the uk because there's there's so many of them there so which one do you think is possibly the most likely and why
1: well so equitable remuneration seems to be coming towards a thing that can be done and I think there's a lot of stress both in the report and in the kind of evidence from people who want it to happen about how easy it would be to do it it's a case of adding a line to a certain bit of legislation you know it's not shaking everything up it can cause this so if that argument holds sway then in theory that the path towards that again we have to define what passive and active streams are and how that works and that could be a long process so that there's that I mean the competition referral I mean, I, I'm, I, feel like, I feel like I'm not as expert in politics as I, maybe I should be. But to me, a competition watchdog referral is quite a good way for the government to pass the buck. Like it's almost presenting the government with an opportunity to say, OK, well, we don't have to do anything here. We'll just kind of refer it on to this body. And so perhaps, I mean, that that could happen. But then again, it's the referral happens. Will it investigate major labels? We don't know. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But there's all kinds of stuff. I think the thing we haven't even talked about, which would have been a massive deal a few years ago, is there's there's this bit where it goes, the government should explore the practicalities of creating or commissioning a comprehensive musical works database.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And in our story, I've written, that's the bit that'll make veterans of the industry run around screaming because we had this idea of the global repertoire database years ago and it, it kind of lost millions and millions of pounds and fell apart in lots of acrimony and now we're kind of saying, well, can this government that's completely messed up test and trace for COVID, <laughs> can it get to grips with music metadata? It's very, but I read that and I was being quite skeptical, saying, my God, you know, this can't be solved. It's been tried before. But you've got the MLC in the US tackling this idea of a repertoire database. You've got startups like Blocker saying we could help do this. So maybe, maybe that's something that could be looked at. And maybe we assume it's impossible because it fell apart in the past. But... That's one of the recommendations that maybe we could take another run at. So I think there's a lot of things, in, like you said, there's a lot of little things that could be done. But yeah, on the big things, it feels like ER is... It feels like it has momentum, I guess. Yeah. And stopping it happening would be an, an even bigger challenge, I think, for the labels who don't want it to happen. And I wonder if maybe actually they they... They are maybe don't see the merits as much, but they are resigned to well, perhaps it should apply to the radio, like I'm assuming, and we'll figure out how to do that. And that would be figuring out a way to do that that doesn't destroy labels' revenues and does give artists more money in their pockets would be quite a positive outcome, I think. If we can, if we can find that formula to make that work as as radio and streaming continue to evolve and kind of the transition happens, maybe that maybe that's the thing that you know making that happen, but also making it happen in the right way that, that doesn't make anyone put anyone in trouble would be with my kind of expectation. Yes,
0: it does. It's it's interesting how you know, you spotted fairly early on that equitable remuneration looked like it had legs. And we're getting to this sort of end stage now where it's a combination of it being the easiest thing to implement, uh, like you say, just a, a small change to one line of an existing law and then... Uh, it's, it's sort of the, the, not the simplest thing to implement, but it's one of the simplest things here, and it's something which I think would be um, greeted with um, open arms by um, some parties, especially artists at the moment, and also the, the, those people who do want it have made quite a convincing argument that it would make sense technologically and in terms of quote-unquote fairness. So it's 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 sort of... If they're going to have to... Th- uh, throw a bone to one area in this report. It it sounds like it could be that. So it will be interesting. Well, that was the to thing, it. wasn't it,
1: as well? When you saw Broken Record, mm. which was Tom Grey talk, they 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 were I mean that everyone who contributed to inquiry was smart and they knew what they wanted to achieve and knew how politicians work. And the argument was ER would be meaningful and it would be easy to do. And yeah. some of the arguments against it are it wouldn't be as easy as you think to do and it could have harmful effects. And so yeah we're gonna we're gonna spend some time now. I, I think at the very least what this report will do it's going to put ER on the table and we're going to find we're going to have to work through those modelling of what it would mean and how it would work and i think we'll get to a point where we understand what the impact would be much better than maybe we do now where it sounds good it sounds equi- it's equitable who could disagree with that i think in a few months time because of this report we'll have we'll have some data on what it would actually mean and how it could work yeah, that's, it'll that's a good thing anger. for better or worse you know
0: Yeah, good. Well, thanks Stu. Um, As I said, that's essentially a double edition of uh, Music Musical.ly Focus because we've we've really had a lot to talk about there. Um, And we will link uh, below the podcast to uh, Stu's article, which really digs into the um, uh, UK government um, recommendations and breaks it all down and and sort of in the key areas and also explains, uh, most importantly, what the effects might be on all the major parties, labels, publishers, DSPs, and artists, and uh, where it might go in the future. So a strong recommendation that you read that. Um, and the link is below, as ever. So thanks, Stu. If you found that useful, please share this podcast on with someone uh, who you think would love to kill 30 minutes talking about uh, UK parliamentary inquiries. Uh, and uh, don't forget, we also have a free weekly email, The Knowledge, which rounds up a bit of this and a bit of that of the best analysis, news, marketing insight, and skills from music allies vast... Repertoire of stuff. So sign up and uh, impress your boss. Links are below in the description as always. So uh, that's it. Thanks, Stu. Uh, I guess you uh, need to go for a lie down after uh, reading 150 pages of uh, UK government blah de blah. So thanks very much. And uh, until next time, from me and Stu, farewell.